yeah, so I was on medication and uh, I didn't really know, like, uh, like this was a, like a dire state, okay? I mean, I had, I, I went from somewhat functionality to like zero functionality. I mean, I could, my mind could not think, I couldn't even watch TV because I was in so much fight or flight all the time, you know? It's just like, like I was clammy, my heart felt like it was like, it was like a hammer almost in my heart. I was sweating. I was just, it, it also creates like extreme anxiety and depression almost. Uh, and so I just did not know what to do. And, uh, it was nonstop. I think this was the first time I think I lost any kind of, um, what do you call it? Motivation, motivation mm-hmm. to kind of go through with this to somehow fix it. Cause I always been kind mm-hmm. of motivated, a motivated person. I always thought that somehow at some point I would fix this. I would fix my health, but this is a point that it really scared me. I mean, I actually, started like because i i went through this for like two three months of non-stop right i had to take mm-hmm. huge doses of of uh of uh what do you call it ambien just to sleep and uh also coincidentally i had a sleep test evaluated before this and they had prescribed to me and they told me i had an ahi of 14.5 which means that you wake up on a, in a on one hour you wake up 14 times out of breath mm-hmm. on average right. and uh right. they prescribed right. me i went to a sleep doctor and they prescribed me a cpap I had the CPAP, but I never started it, you know, because I was dealing with so many other things. I just didn't feel like, and it's actually people who have been on CPAP know what it is. When you first start it, it's very difficult to get used to it because it feels like it's too much. CPAP is a sleeping machine, isn't it, essentially? Yes. So CPAP is a device that is uh, um, provided to sleep apnea patients that, uh, if you're, you know, sleep apnea is basically when you stop breathing at night, when you're, you're asleep and you yeah. slop, stop breathing. Uh, for a variety of reasons, your tongue could fall back, close up the airway, or some people have something called central sleep apnea, which is where your brain forgets to sleep. It's not really uh, an issue of the uh, the airway, and uh, and the sleep the CPAP is actually a, a device that was designed to. Pr- what it does is that if you stop breathing, it pumps air. Like you wear a mask, either it's a nose mask or a full face mask, where it's mm-hmm. covering your mouth and your um, your nose. And it pumps air. It automatically detects, um, like if you're stopped breathing, it pumps air to kind of open up, to kind of restart your breathing, you know? And you wear this at night when you sleep. Right. And so they prescribe me this. And, but again, anybody who has started CPAP would tell you that it's very difficult to get started. You know, it takes some time because your body's not used to air being pumped into your, into your nose or your mouth. So, you don't the pressure feels weird and people have difficulty mm-hmm. actually falling asleep with the machine or they accidentally rip it off when they sleep these are all common things actually so i started i had to wear them because the dent the uh doctor who prescribed me the ambient the uh, you know which is also called zolpidum in other parts of the world uh it's a sleeping pill that uh, they told me you have to wear if you have cpap like you must wear the cpap you know you cannot wear sleeping uh, take sleeping pills and have sleep apnea because then what happens if you're like knocked out and you're not sleeping right like and you're not like breathing so mm-hmm. you have to wear the cpap so i started wearing that as well but it was it was it was the worst period of my life i would say um i mean i i started to have uh, suicidal thoughts because i could not do anything i, I at this point i already quit my work actually um like right. a, a job that i you know worked very hard to get um, and like, I needed a job actually, because, uh, uh, even to stay in the U S at that point, but I, I was, it was something that I worked incredibly hard for, but I was ready to quit, you know? And thankfully I had some good employers, like my boss and all that. They were able to convince me to jump on a medical leave. So I was on medical leave and then eventually I had to quit. Um, but the point is I was not really doing anything else. You know, I was not working and I just, I was just at home and burning through savings. 
but still I was like absolutely miserable because I knew like I was in so much pain and so much discomfort and I didn't know what to do next, you know? And this was the first time I felt like I'd actually lost motivation. Like I just lost it. I felt defeated really. Um, and right. like, there was just no way, this is not a, a person, like this is no way to live life almost. And um, the DNA had failed also as in I got some things, but I did feel like the DNA was about 50% um expansion and 50 percent like actual bone expansion 50 percent of tooth tipping you know my teeth did get tipped like i got gaps but i did feel like some of my back teeth were a little bit tipped backward uh the molars were tipped a little bit sideways but i did get expansion you know but again none of this mattered when like i was not feeling better right mm -hmm. so this was the i don't know this was like my final treatment almost because i had to leave you know because i didn't have a job and and uh because of my visa situation either i had to continue to work or i had to leave i had to leave the u.s so right. and i said and I, said, I had to pick one i mean there's so much pressure on me because again money was also very tight because i stopped working so whatever sure, savings i had sure. was i had to i had to kind of do it so i saw a huge specialist supposedly a world-renowned specialist that gave me a neuromuscular splint it actually made things worse. I mean, you know, it's uh, I don't I, like. There's nothing more to discuss, honestly. It was. It just made me way worse. It gave me more symptoms, so I stopped that. And it was when I finally landed on uh, Aga. Right. Right. So yeah. the Aga appliance. But by that point, by that point, sorry, you've been through like six, seven treatments, right? Yeah. Attempted treatments, right? Absolutely. So I actually saw spent spent thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, I'd be a very rich right. man for how much I've earned. Like I actually had a good paying job and I earned well, but I don't have any money to show for that. <laughs> so it's all been spent <laughs> on this. And you had, these failed treatments yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, and they never give you yeah. back your money either. So I think yeah. the only one that I got my money back was the one that I did in Florida. And the, the orthodontist, I I think I mean I got some of it back at least because we you know I didn't finish the re I didn't finish the reopening with him. And the thing is also with, with with the specialists, like when you go and see them, they well, they tell you that this is the solution, right? And you and you believe that it is. But, you know, it's just more sad, more unfortunate when it fails and all that money has been spent and it just didn't do nothing for you and you have to move on. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no legal recourse as well, you know? Like it's not yeah. this is how it works because the dent it's not like the same as like a medical uh, treatment you know it's much harder to uh, get your money back or, or whatever yeah there's no 14 day refund policy or anything like that <laughs> <Exactly>. is there <laughs> yeah okay so anyway aga so before i did the aga i actually tried with the uh so the original people that were offering aga was the lvi uh dentist in in miami and then i i wanted to try it with them and, uh, but then they wanted to do a splint on me, you know, they wanted to start with the splint before jumping to the aga. And, mm. uh, I mean, as I've already discussed, right, when before, when I tried to do the sorecta thing, anything when I put very bulky things in my mouth, it makes my air breathing and sleep even worse, you know, it just seems to get way worse. So I couldn't even right. tolerate it. I couldn't tolerate their splint for even a couple of days and I had to quit that as well. So I never actually moved to the aga part of the stage with them. And mm -hmm. uh, then I had to find a new one, uh, another Aga who uh, dentist who provided would actually allow me to say that I I would I don't want flat splints or buildups, right? Like uh, like you can give me a splint for the lower that I can remove and put on, but I don't want anything that's like because at that point actually the way the Aga treatment was going was that they would put 
um, a splint or build up something that would be glued to your teeth. You know, mm. like there would be nothing like it would be permanently on on the lower teeth on the lower molars to disoclude your your bite, I guess. And uh, uh, and then like while they're doing the aga on the upper. Right. This was the mm. setup they had going. And I, I I refused this because I knew my case that if I had flats, like there was times where I've had flat splints where like I would literally black out for a few seconds. You know, it was like it was my, it was not good for my neck, my neck and everything had become incredibly sensitive. So I don't want to do something that I cannot take it out or in a moment of mm. like emergency, you know. Sure. And and like I said, I had learned all this the hard way. So I knew very from very clearly from the get go that I will not, I will never cave under pressure, you know, because usually what happens is they will pressurize you to follow their exact protocol. So I finally found a dentist who said, yeah, it's fine. I'll make you a flat lower splint that you can take on any time while you wear the upper aga, right? And like we can work this out. So going into the aga, I mean, I look, I like at this point, I didn't. There was obviously this whole. A lot of issues with Aga now. It's all it's been in the news and stuff. And I mean, going in, I knew like I I had I didn't go in like a what do you call it uh, a, a doe-eyed uh, you know like naive it uh, like naive person. I knew that like all these appliances, yeah, there's probably gonna be some side effects, and I like I was okay with that because my my aim was to reopen the spaces, right? And I had a feeling this was not going to end well for my teeth. But I just wanted the front teeth out of the way because I, for me, saving the rest of my neck and the body was more important than, you know, the possible teeth damage. And I had a feeling it would, cause it, it sounded too good to be true. You know, this was like the mania, aga mania at that point. Everybody was doing aga and people were like, especially people early into the treatment were raving about it, saying like, I feel like Superman. And like, it was like, it's like, what could go wrong almost? Um, Can you just uh, remind when was this? Like how many years ago when you started aga? So this was probably 2018, I would say. Right. Okay. So I decided to actually do it. And in, in fact, I traveled. I actually flew to do Aga. Um, and I decided to, I had to kind of go back and forth. Um, like I was flying to see this treatment and I was there because the, the, the provider was in Washington. So uh, it was crazy. But I... Again, I was so scared that the aga would like put a lot of pressure. Like just like remember the time that I had done the splint to reopen in Florida and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I was scared that uh, this is going to be a replica, like a replica of that. It's going to be incredibly right. taxing on my neck. What was very interesting is that as soon as they put the aga in, it activated. And again, my dentist said this was a newer model, a slimmer model than the aga that a lot of uh, the previous batch uh, were using. Now I don't know how true this is. But I have seen like some of the pictures of the Aga that a lot of the, uh, especially I think LVI dentist, the one they wore and mine, I think looked a little different. It was a little bit smaller. Now, I don't know if the, what he's saying, like the, it worked differently or something is true. Okay. But he claimed that it was like, um, it was safer or something like that. And like, it's, it's more, uh, focused. Who knows? So anyway, I put it on. Can you, can you just, yeah, explain briefly how Aga works? So the, um, the appliance, and I would uh, recommend anybody listening to just Google the uh, Aga. You can see a picture of it, but I will actually describe a little bit. So it's uh, it's a device that has a little bit like a, the one I had, at least. It's like a little heart-shaped, like imagine something smaller than the, your thumbnail, right? Like like half the size of that, a little heart-shaped uh, plate that goes um, 
where when you make the sound n n like you just try it it's where your tongue touches the palate okay right above that uh is where the plastic goes the plastic is it's actually held there by two metal uh, wires that are connected to um something that wraps around your molars right just like how you do you have the ring when you do orthodontics they the, the anchor is at the is at the molars there's anchors at the molars upper molars second molars uh, and there's a wire that extends to the spot that we discussed. So there's a spring on both sides. So there's a little bit of a mm-hmm. key, a, a specific tool that the dentist uses to turn the screw, which actually tensions the spring. And what it does is that it causes that uh, little heart-shaped thing that I told you to press into that spot. Like it's like where, like where we say the end sound, where the tongue meets the palate. This is a spot right above that. Mm-hmm. And the pressure is actually not all that crazy, okay? Like I'm telling you, it's actually a pleasant press <laughs> when I, when it's actually, it's the reason that so many people actually, uh, did the aga because when you're in, when you're in that appliance, actually, uh, the, it, it, it is a very pleasant experience when you're doing it. I mean, right? There is no, I, for example, I have the most, like the most terrible neck as, as, as many people, I mean, as I told you before, but it didn't actually feel it. Like I couldn't feel any tension in my neck, even though like, it's uh, you know it's supposed to be moving the teeth, but it didn't feel like any of the traditional toothborne appliance that I had done at that point. You know, I felt nothing in my neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when it presses on that, it actually feels very relieving. It actually feels like your whole skull is kind of relaxed. You know, it, it just so is is that point. Sorry, is that point used as a as an anchor point? No, it's used. Yeah. Apparently, the theory behind it, right? This is what he says. Again, knowing what we know now, who knows? But they said. That at that point, that the that's the, that point is where there's a that it stimulates uh, maxillary um, transformation or something like that, some wording like that. This is what they claim. And if you press on that spot, right. it'll remodeling, so it causes maxillary remodeling. So this is what they told right. me, right? And it was not we hear that word quite often, right? Remodeling. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's remodeling these days. So, <laughs> uh, but it actually didn't. There was no anchor there, right? In fact, like I said, at the end, at the end of that there's a little bit of a gap when the spring loosens up because you need to tighten the spring maybe about once a, once a month, right? The spring loses the kind of the tightness or the, or the slight force, the pressure, uh, about two weeks in, I would say, you know? And you can actually take a really thin piece of tissue paper and then run it between your palate and that pad that's pressing. Like there's a slight gap. Right. But okay. what's incredible is that, I mean, Anybody that's done aga, the teeth, the, all of because oh, there's another thing. All the front six teeth are actually glued uh, together, okay? Which is glued to um, like a, two bars that run into that anchor that I discussed at the molar level. It's like there's a little groove, and it's a wire that runs from from the left molar in from in, in a groove to all the six teeth. They're 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 attached together to the front six teeth. You know, the dent, dentist uses dental cement to to glue it on. And so mm-hmm. when the spring releases, it, sl- it pushes on that spot that we discussed and which causes apparently all the six teeth to actually start moving forward, right? Like, and then the gaps start to form at where the first bicuspids are supposed to be for, for me. And this mm-hmm. was like, yes. and it was like a miracle, I mean, honestly, because I felt very any, uh, I felt nothing. I felt no pressure on the teeth or anything at this point. While I was wearing it, it was very smooth. I, I could, within like a week, I could start, I could start seeing gaps right? Mm-hmm. I could see the gaps there. I was thrilled. And within a month, 
just like I had predicted, because I was able to move my front teeth forward, I could literally change, I could feel the change in my bite. My lower jaw came forward. I, could, I was biting much further forward than ever before because the upper front teeth had been kind of pushed out of the way. And I also want to right. um, uh, kind of picture, uh, paint a mental picture is that my front teeth, the way that they closed the bicuspid retractions was that uh, the front teeth were extruded while the back teeth were intruded, right? So you can imagine that where the back teeth, everything apart from the front six teeth uh, were extruded really. So like mm-hmm. I, and it didn't help that all the splints and stuff caused the splints, the, the DNA and all the things I had worn, kind of putting constant pressure on the upper and like lower molars caused them to intrude. So this made things worse because I would, I was directly banging. I felt like my lower front teeth was banging like it was, he wanted to escape the prison that the the maxilla was, you know. Right. So reopening that gap was like a miracle. Like I mean, this was I had never, even though actually it created I, during that period, I had a horrible time with sleep. Like I would not be able to sleep for more than two or three hours a night. Right. I have no idea what, it, what caused it. I mean, I don't even understand why. But I had to kind of push through this because I was feeling so good on the aspect of the neck. The fight or flight was finally going away. I, could, I felt, I'm not even joking. I actually had, uh, I like, you know, a place on the door where you can measure your height, right? So I would actually, my brother mm-hmm. was very young at that point. So we, I would, when he came to visit, we would measure his height because he was a growing boy. So just for fun, I had also kind of marked my own height there, right? What's interesting is that like after I started expanding and just moving the front six teeth out of the way, I realized that I was standing up straighter than ever, more straighter than ever. Like my height actually literally went up by more than an inch. Your, your spine or your neck has that straightened out. Yeah, it was more than an yeah. inch, actually. Like, not making this up. It was right. more than an inch. It was incredible. Like, I felt taller. Like, I felt tall for the first time. Like, I mean, I am tall, but, like, I felt tall at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it was crazy. And, like, uh, people, I mean, people actually made comments. People that I had known literally told me, like, oh, you've been working out. Like, you look your pot, you look much better. And I'm like, no. I mean, at that point, I was, because my fight or flight was so bad, I could barely walk to the mailbox. Not even joking. I live in an apartment building. Going downstairs to go to the mailbox would feel like I'm having a heart attack. And I would, if I checked my pulse, I had a pulsometer and it would go to be like, sometimes it would go up to like 140. Okay. And on, on a normal, just kind of sitting around, it would be like 100, 120. It's crazy. Wow. So that went away. Wow. And I went to a point where I was like, I felt really incredibly strong. My neck felt supported. I was walking. I, I could, I went from just being able to walk to, the mailbox to walk incredible uh, lengths. You know, I could easily walk like four or five kilometers and I'd just feel fine. You know, like my body would not feel tired at all. Even though, like I said, I still had clicking knees and felt uneven at the hips and twisted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fascinating, honestly, to see this and how much just allowing your lower jaw to come forward to where it was supposed to be, you know, if it weren't for the extractions and retraction where the lower jaw, and it's not a, a lot, by the way, right? I'm not saying the lower jaw came forward like a centimeter. This is just a couple of millimeters, mm-hmm. I would say. And the fact that you move the front teeth out of the way just allows it. I could literally feel my jaw relax, like the muscles, the muscles like right underneath your ears that connect the lower jaw. I don't know what they're called, but uh, it just, they relaxed. And so this is the reason I pushed ahead with it. Now I knew at this point already, there was a lot of patients who had done AGA and they were getting teeth damage. And there were some really scary stories out there. And I was also definitely fearful because I could tell that 
my teeth did feel weak at this point, right? Uh, slowly, I'm talking about like four or five months later. I wanted to go an incredible distance with the Aga, but I realized that uh, perhaps not, you know, if I'm going more than, like I wanted to get 10 millimeters, you know, enough to put implants in where the teeth were taken out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I started to get fear because there was like a lot of chatter and, and on, online about people having issues. And I, for me, just common sense wise, I knew that, you know, I don't want too much gaps because then the body has to heal from that. You know, at that point, the teeth looked so weird, like, because it even inside my mouth, like it just, it was not, a, it was not, like, you know how the inside of your mouth is like a, like a cave, right? It, it, here it was shaped, shaped so weirdly where it's like the teeth were moved forward, but the bone on the inside didn't know that the front teeth had moved away. So it was like a little, like it was like, like flat and then just like kind of a jut. You know, like it was so weird the way that it was happening. Right. So right. I wa- I wanted everything to heal. I wanted it to like take time, the body to take time and heal. So, but again, mm-hmm. just a complete coincidence. I ended up breaking. Uh, the aga actually broke for me. Uh, just, to, you know, unfortunately just broke on one side. And the metal bar that was supposed to be inside the groove at the molars came out. So I literally had no anchor to the front teeth on the left compared to the right. And this actually started pushing, literally kind of messing it up. And actually, I started bleeding from the gums on the left side, the left gap. And it became like a, a wound almost. Like it was a huge kind of emergency. I lived in a different city from my Aga dentist. I had to fly on an emergency basis. And it was bloody and it was, it was, it was horrible. They tried to mm-hmm. patch the Aga back up, but the damage was done. You know, I never felt, that side never felt normal after that. It felt weak. The, the teeth felt weak all the time on that side. And the gums were like brutally destroyed. They were like bloody all the time, red. It felt like it'd been ripped. The whole gums had been ripped apart at that point on that side. How was your, uh, I was just meaning to ask, like at that point, were you sort of monitoring the health of the teeth, like and the health of your joints as well? Because that's quite important too. No, well, I mean, because it, so they did scan everything at the beginning, right? To mm. But then they were like, we're going to check the, reassess this at the end. So this was, I hadn't really finished the treatment at this point. Um, mm. when this happened and I could feel it, like I could literally feel like my, especially the left side, the front teeth, um, uh, I guess the incisors, the left incisor, um, was in a bad way, you know, a really bad way. And it felt like it had been pushed mm-hmm. out of the bone actually. Even now today, it mm-hmm. feels like it's been pushed out of the bone. It doesn't look right for me. And it felt mm-hmm. weak and uh, I could tell it was moving. It was shaking. So I got scared. So I said, you know what? I think it's time to stop the treatment. And by this time, there had already been a few online instances of people having shaky teeth, you know, shaky front teeth and mm-hmm. uh, having all kinds of issues, you know, felt like, and I knew that I don't think I should uh, risk this any further. So I decided to close it there, went back to my dentist and they took out the aga and they put me in uh, controlled arch braces, right? which is the finishing phase, which is very similar to normal braces, but it's called self-ligating braces. That's what it's called. There's a couple of mm-hmm. brands out there, um, but uh, this is supposed to be something that where it's not a not a lot not a lot of interaction. They do something called a, that they run a wire on the inside of your mouth. You know, mm. uh, yes. I forgot the name. Do you know the name of that? I, I forgot it. Mm. No, I don't recall. But I know what you mean. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, it's a wire that's actually used uh, in, on the inside of your. It connects from one molar to the other molar, but it's a wire that runs mm-hmm. on the inside, and this is to prevent. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the, the uh, arches from collapsing you know this is actually used in dentistry quite a bit it just mm. prevents when you're tight when you're using braces it prevents the arch the arch width from reducing you know it's a very strong it's, i wouldn't even say it's a wire it's like it's like 
just like almost like a plate, you know, it's that strong because it prevents, right. um, it prevents the uh, arch from collapsing while they're doing this. And so they actually sure. used a pretty big one on me because the aim is that you push out the teeth and expand. This is the way of expansion, they said, you know, and they put the self ligating braces and it's supposed to kind of expand you out and um, like help your teeth heal. Stay, Let it stay there while the stuff that we did with Aga, while the bone heals pretty much. This is what I was told, the alveolar bone would heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was not going well for me, you know. I had a feeling that... Um, I mean, as I don't need to tell you this, right? We have seen the different cases of so many people literally having their teeth damaged or falling out and all that after Aga. Um, some horrible mm-hmm. cases that we see. And for me, I actually uh, felt that the teeth felt really weak. You know, like they felt really weak and uh, it felt like they were moving in one direction. It was crazy. They would always feel like all the teeth were moving, but getting pulled to the left. Anytime. Right. And, and it's like, not, it, it's a horrible feeling to have, honestly. Like I understand completely people that, that uh, are freaking the you know freaking out after it because it's a really horrible feeling because um, it felt like your teeth were constantly like floating you know and it just it's on your mind all the time every time you speak every time your lips kind of move around your teeth you could feel it you can feel like it's gonna come off it's gonna come off it's gonna come off but it's not right it's like a horrible thing to feel so I actually didn't know mm-hmm. what to do like it was crazy and my dentist didn't really know either. And uh, they were like, just keep, this is the normal protocol, continue wearing it. And uh, I mean, to be fair, the dentist, he had done this, he, had, he was also starting this on himself. Like he was doing the aga on himself and uh, someone in his staff had already done it. So like, I believed them, you know, and, but again, I don't know why they were, he was like, perhaps because that, you know, I did break on one side for a while that made things worse. We didn't really know. So I'm here, I am in braces. Um, I don't know what is going on, constantly feeling like it's moving to the left, moving to the left. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. So what happened is I said, I just went back home, continued to struggle with this. And I'm like in tears thinking about this because it's like, I'm back to where I started, you know, like I'd fixed one problem. Now I create another. Now the thing is, if I take everything out, the gaps would close, right? And then back to uh, my neck issues and all the other things that I had kind of beaten. Mm-hmm. So I did something crazy. Now, I, to be fair, I, I want to uh, preface this by saying I don't know if this actually helped it or not. Or maybe it did just heal on its own. Okay. So I had learned about mouth taping as part of my myofunctional therapy, where it is when you tape your lips before you go to sleep to prevent nasal breathing. I'm sorry, to, to encourage nasal breathing, right? To prevent mm-hmm. mouth breathing. Now, I realized that um, my teeth did not feel, they were in pain. My front teeth were in pain. They were, they felt like they're moving in one direction. They felt like they were going to rip out. It was a horrible feeling, but I felt like the only time where I didn't feel it was when I woke up in the morning, right? Now for the longest time, I thought it was because, because I was sleeping or I was like in a flat position, but it was not. It was the fact that I had teeth, I mean, my, I had tape over my mouth and that prevented from me opening my mouth, like, or moving my lips around. You know, and that's what was causing the pain to kind of stop for a little bit or like the problems, the symptoms. So I just thought this insane thought. I thought because I was at home at this point, I was not working and I was like a like a shut in at this point because I had so many issues that I thought, why don't I just tape my mouth shut? So to prevent the lips from moving unnecessarily for like a month or so. Right. Like all day. Right. Just to let the bones heal. Maybe. The fact that I keep moving my lips, the teeth are so weak that constantly interfering with them, like touching and and the lips kind of moving around on it, like talking or eating or whatever, like that's interfering with it. 
And it's such a, like, I thought it was such a stupid idea, but I, I said, you know what? What do I have to lose? Let me try this. So I had kept, I would tape my mouth shut and only I would, the only time I would take it, open the mouth is when I'm brushing my teeth or when I'm eating. That's it. The rest of the day, they would be taped shut, right? And I didn't need to speak to anyone at this point. Like I said, I was not working and uh, I would just text message any friends that wanted to visit. <laughs> the only way you could communicate with me is texting, no speaking. And I, I stuck with this for like two months, I would say, but it worked. It, it actually worked. Now, I don't know, like I said, I don't want to say that that exactly healed it, or maybe it was just a passive time. But I do want to say, like, I had been in this control arch braces for already about four months at this point, right? And I didn't really get any improvement in the, the way the bones felt, the teeth felt. They felt very shaky, very weak. Um, mm-hmm. but this, this somehow actually helped. Like two months later, I could already kind of tell along the way that it was starting to feel more and more stable. And at the end of the two months of taping, I mean, they felt stabler than before, let's say, right? Like to this day, I, I wouldn't say all my friend teeth are super stable. Like now I'm doing, I mean, in this line, they, my friend teeth do shake here a bit. They're a little bit shaky here and there. Sometimes they click. But for the most part, I'm like, they're okay. I can still, I can bite into things for the most part. Um, they're way more stable than where it was. And I didn't really need to actually have my te- all my teeth scanned and looked at by other periodontists, dentists and stuff. And they were okay with the, where the front teeth are, you know, they're, they, they're, mm-hmm. because I do feel like the damage on the left side still means that there's some bone loss and all that. They don't look right to me, but like, I'm still able to continue on with life, you know, with, because I mean, compared to come with some of the stuff that we read online about what happened to Aga cases where they needed immediate grafts and all this. So, so overall Aga was definitely worth it for you. Yes. I mean, I would definitely, because for me, it's not even about the teeth, right? It was always about the neck and the, the need for my neck um, and the lower jaw to come forward. Um, I mean, I've heard some crazy new treatments where they talk about grafts on the on all your teeth and they're able to drag the teeth through the bone, the new bone they've attached. Now, I don't mm-hmm. like, you know, like maybe something like that would have been a better solution. But for me at that point, I don't think from what was available, I think this is the best course of action at that point to just reopen, to forcefully reopen, no matter the cost to the teeth. Because, I mean, to this day, I'm telling you that I, um, I'm i glad that I have that space. You know, I've done, I've been extremely cautious to prevent the spaces from closing. Uh, because I my bite right now, my lower jaw actually is much more, when I close naturally, it's much more forward than where it was before the reopening. So the lower jaw mm-hmm. definitely benefits from that extra space yeah because we hear or we heard like all these horror stories like what can happen if you know aga doesn't go the right way people end up losing teeth or things just don't turn out very very good so but for you it seems like you know it's done what it was supposed to at least you know you've achieved your goal yeah, I mean, I, I wish, like, there's so many buts and ifs with this whole process that I don't, I, I'm very confused about the, my evaluation of it. Like I said, it does damage teeth, right? I mean, we see that especially with other patients. However, for me, somehow it seems to be less than a lot of the patients. Now, again, another one though, I, I can't place full fault on the treatment plan only because my, my appliance broke on one side, you know, it's almost like what if, I don't know what would have been the case if it hadn't broken because the, uh, the gums actually, especially on that side, it just got torn, it literally got ripped apart and mm. it was red and in pain and bleeding almost till maybe the last year, it took me years for that, for that gum to heal on itself. And even right. now that teeth, that 
uh, bicuspid is almost pushed for, it looks like it's out of the bone. It's been pushed out much further than the right incisor. So the left incisor is much more pushed out and mm. than the right one. Uh, because, because it kind of, it got ripped and that metal started to get kind of come out at that point. So, uh, that side does feel weaker than the right, you know, like even today, even today. And, uh, um, and like I said, my ideally, I would still want to get grafts, bone grafts all around the teeth because I'm still not satisfied. Mm-hmm. Even though I have been evaluated, they said it's fine, like, you know, but I just, I feel them, it feels weak to me, you know, even though they say, like, from scans and stuff, that it's 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 okay, like, it's not an extreme case or anything. So how is your health of your of your teeth, though, like, overall? Because, you know, I'm sure you heard they talk about periodontal problems, like that membrane gets damaged or teeth just are very unhealthy as a result of, especially you've done all these, you know, many treatments, or at least attempted I mean, how do they feel right now, your teeth? Yeah, so I had a couple of scans done. Um, the, the, the I don't know what it's called. The um, it's, I guess it's in. Uh, I had the normal X-rays and obviously the full 3D scan and like you know they take a, the machine rotates around. It builds like a 3D model of your teeth, uh, your gums, everything. I also had a periodontist evaluate it. So the gums and everything yeah. seem okay. For me, I felt like there's definitely a recession on the lower teeth, and this is actually right. because lower teeth because of the extractions actually and how poorly it was done this was what they told me but it's still not at a point i mean all this could be it's not in a great way but it's not considering the stuff that i've done honestly i guess the damage isn't bad but again this is something that they told me that uh, because they have actually handled out of aga cases they told me that the, your your teeth aren't like you're just it's just by COVID, like a luck almost that uh that you, you're that you don't have even more damage you know when it comes to uh, the periodontical damage and uh, like there is damage but not to a point where it needs to be immediately addressed i guess Mm -hmm. so what would you say like to people that were considering aga as 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 possible treatment to uh like reopen gaps like what are the things to like watch out for is it you know based on your experience well the aga appliance is cancelled so i don't know if any nobody can do it anymore um but uh when when people would ask me before, actually, I warned a lot of people about the risks of it, especially for the teeth damage, right? Because yeah. I do, because again, I didn't know enough about this. Uh, the fact that my appliance looked different, okay? But I do want to say it again. This is just a, what do you call it? Like one anecdote, right? But this is like, I had a friend that I met who was doing this same AGA, but he uh, had the other version of AGA, okay? The one that was mm. bigger, Right. And he had started with a different dentist and then he had to transfer to mine because he moved cities. But that he had more damage than me. You know, like his teeth were looked way worse than mine. Like they looked terrible during the appliance, but he had a different appliance, a different version of the Aga. So I would like to think that maybe there's some, like there's truth to what they told me, but we never know. Again, this is just one anecdote, right? He definitely had more damage on the teeth. So but anybody that would tell me this, I would always say, look, unless you're actually having a bicuspid missing and you really must, must get the teeth gaps open, don't risk this, right? If you have all your teeth, there's a lot of people doing, majority of the cases where people are doing the appliance because they wanted, they told them to make them look better or, or they're just yeah. going to, you know, like all kinds of other uh, arbitrary reasons or like just not the primary reason of reopening extraction spaces. So whenever it was that was the case, I'd always tell them that, look, I do feel like there's going to be two damage. This was during my treatment, you know, when people would approach mm-hmm. me and ask me. And I always I would tell them that there is absolutely a risk for damage for the teeth, and that uh, you know you're like you're like playing with fire. I mean, unless you have extractions and you're desperate to reopen, like where I was, where I was willing to take any damage with the teeth, um, 
that do not risk it, right? There are much better, safer alternatives to just plainly expand. Uh, don't take this big risk. And uh, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, I like I said, I maybe it is the appliance. The one I wore was slightly different. Uh, the ones that a lot of others. But again, we don't. I'm sure we have. There are. There has been thousands of cases. We don't really. And there's been a lot of people damaged. Yes, now we see that now. But I'm sure a lot of people that also uh, turned out okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe they have they only did a little because there's so many factors that go into this. Honestly, it's just hard to like, you know, uh, because so I know some people that did like two millimeters, you know, they only opened up two millimeters and then stopped. And they obviously did not get the same level of damage as the ones that tried to do like 10 or 14 millimeters. So there's mm-hmm. a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people that asked me then, I'd always tell them, like, I would just go through like it's almost like a questionnaire. Like, if you really want my opinion, I would always say. And did you, do you have extractions? And if, if yes, then I'd be like, well, you know, there's a, there is an actual risk of teeth damage, but, uh, you know, you have to see what's more important for you. Like, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned that it's canceled now, Aga, but I have spoken to somebody, uh, yeah, about, about six months ago, who was saying they're still doing their treatment. I don't remember the country, but it was somewhere in Europe and they were saying they were getting on fine. So, right. Well, it canceled. I- I don't know. I Everywhere. mean, this I this I read in one of the groups because uh, it's this is well. What I'm saying is newer. It's more uh, like you're saying about six months ago, right? Because yeah, I read yeah. something about one or two weeks ago where they said that because of the uh, the lawsuits or whatever that uh, they were going to stop. That they announced like the original providers for AGA announced that they have stopped providing this to treat to any more new patients now. Right. We have to remember that there was like it was a, it was very different because the 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 organization that initially did it had, had only four providers. They were like the inventor of the appliance. They only had four trained providers. However, they also allowed a contract for I believe it was LBI to also like uh, train their own dentist to teach it and provide it. So there were people that were doing it with LBI dentists or the the. The, the guys that created it with them or some people saying there was apparently third party people also doing it in Europe at that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's someone because they did rename the appliance and there are similar appliances, by the way. And there are very similar appliances also in the market. So maybe someone is doing something similar or somewhere. I don't know. I can't guarantee, but I do know that the ones that the specific AGA one that, that you know, they, that is done. You cannot get it done anymore. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. So. Um, sort of concluding all that like what are you up to now uh, in terms of how you're feeling and your symptoms etc so I mean uh, it's like I mean I was right I was right about reopening and I, I you know I, I do I hate the fact that I still have teeth damage and they're not great and stuff but I don't regret the actual reopening just the reopening not the method of reopening but I'm, I don't regret reopening honestly um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, right now my teeth were a mess at the end of the braces and like my, all my molars were so flared. Like they were like, it was like the wings of like, you know, the cars where the doors kind of open upward, like that was my molars, like kind of flared outward. Um, and it was not just the control arch braces. I have to give credit for the DNA as well. They both in, in, what do you call it? In the name of expansion also tipped the molars sideways. So mm-hmm. I had such a horrible bite. I, I was only making contact on one bicuspid. You know, so right. I had to, and this was during COVID, you know, when everybody was under lockdown, there's not much we could do. So I just so you had an open bite, open bite on one side, both sides, both sides, like I, both sides, yeah. right. 
And it was a horrible way to live, honestly. A lot of issues with it. I mean, anybody who has an open bite can tell you there's a very horrible way. You're constantly uncomfortable. You have problems in the neck, problems in the knees. But some people are able to handle it more than more than the others, and they're able to compensate for this. Yeah, I think it's also about like if you're born. Some people are born with an open bite in certain ways, you know. But they're in good health everywhere else, right? Right, the body yeah. and the teeth, everything is in balance elsewhere, so they can kind of handle it. Like I myself have had had experiences with open bites all through this journey, and it's definitely gotten harder for me to 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 like string along with it later now, later in life, as I age, mm-hmm. as more kind of damage happens to the body, I guess. Um, but like, as you can, you can probably hear it. Like I take out my splint in and out. So my, you can tell that sometimes I will lisp, sometimes I don't, yeah. but I will get to that. So the point is I decided that I needed to do orthodontics again. I mean, I really didn't want to do it, but I needed a way to fix the open bite, get the molars back inward, at least get them pointing downward. Like the upper molar should point downwards. The lower one should point upwards. And also mm-hmm. during the Aga phase, even though they were able to bring all the six teeth forward, uh, the back teeth also got flared back. Okay, so this is something that a lot of people during Aga complained about. I also ha- experienced it. Mine wasn't the worst. I've certainly seen worse. I've, I've actually met and spoken to actual real patients of Aga. Some of them had right. the worst backward flaring. I theorized that my case could be because I had I had my wisdom teeth, right? That's the one piece of good thing that I've done. That I When they tried to take out my wisdom teeth, I said, do not touch it. I'm not doing it ever. And so even yeah, though they love doing that, yeah, they love ripping out more teeth because that's the solution. Just keep taking things out. I actually, believe it or not, I actually uh, met someone at a dental office who uh, she had some issues like like she had bicuspids taken out as a kid, then wisdom teeth taken out, then another two molars taken out. OK, and and she had just a, like a tiny little space. Like, I don't know how she was alive because you can clearly tell the airway was so small and uh, she had come in to do aga. But uh, you know, the picture is still there. I saw the inside of her mouth. It's, that's, I mean, the person that did that should be in jail, really. Mm. Sure, sure. So she had massive airway issues and she was trying to do aga. Now, I don't know what happened to her. You know, I only met her once. Um, but anyway, so I actually Crazy. wanted to do yeah. orthodontics. And I shopped around, shopped around for years because I needed an orthodontist that would let aside his or her ego for a second and just listen because I know what exactly I needed, right? I don't, because a lot of orthodontists would just suggest, you know, that, oh, you have gaps. Let's take out the wisdom teeth, close your upper gap, and then that's that's how you finish the case, which is the exact opposite of what I want, right? Mm. <laughs> so I had to right. go through quite a bit and then I finally found someone because I was trying to look at TADS, you know, like TADS are a device where you can drill that. It's drilled into your bone and, and it's a way of extruding teeth. You can actually use mm. it to push the molar outward like extrude them because that's what happened. My molars were intruded and my front teeth were extruded. So mm. I, I couldn't find one. I mean, I, I, I kept running from person to person to person. And I finally got convinced by one guy who said, we can do TADS, but the easier solution would be to uh, do Invisalign, like trays. Right. So, and again, that's been a very difficult journey as well. I still have, I still get my fight or flight from time to time. I have neck issues. I still have crippling sleep apnea. I have all of these problems, except the fight or flight. Like I said, it did. It went from something permanent to maybe something that I experience once in once in a while. Like knock on wood, but <laughs> like mm. it has reduced after um, like allowing that lower jaw to come forward. But I wanted to get a more comfortable bite, you know, because the more I stayed in an open bite, I started to feel like my neck was going to come off. Like it would constantly feel like my neck is falling forward. Like I could not keep my neck up, you know. 
it was crazy. Like I just yeah. felt like my neck was swaying to the right, going to the right, or just kind of falling forward all the time. And it's because the the body was so confused, and it was compensating and compensating, and it just my the body had no idea how to hold the head upright or the body upright. So sure, sure. I I yeah. knew that even if I wanted to do splints or whatever, I can't do it with the way the molars are right now. They're like they're like like they're almost like they should be pointless. If you're if the molars are vertical, like pointing in a vertical direction, let's say that's zero degrees. Mine would be um, like at a forty degree angle, like outward. You know. Right. So right, right. I wanted to do, but again, I did Invisalign, and I was not unsure. I was very unsure about it. Like Invisalign isn't really known for. I mean, I, I, that was my impression, but uh, it actually, I guess, it's come a long way now because they showed me the full three D model and everything. And I think, to, looking back now, I, I'm glad that I did Invisalign over traditional braces because it, it it fine tunes perfect control for each molders so that it can exactly be moved forward and downward, like you know, to the exact. Uh, movement that we want without overdoing it and stuff because when you're doing wires actually it just depends on the skill of the orthodontist it's all about it's all in his or hands her hands you know yeah yeah within there's a line because it's all computerized isn't it yeah. you're able to uh plan it so i still developed uh, my overbite i mean sorry my, uh, my open bite actually did worsen on invisalign like the gaps because but apparently this is quite common because you're wearing the trays all the time but uh, i'm still happy with what they had done with the like bringing the molars just a little bit forward and then you know in, tilting them in, inward but it's all very controlled you know very controlled very uh detailed to the, the like a to like a fraction of a, a millimeter so but again mm -hmm. it was always it's been a huge up and down honestly i had a horrible time even doing it with my symptoms and stuff sometimes i would feel the symptoms getting worse i had to change the plan because my bite kept shifting right my body's so unstable i hear clicks in my atlas like i hear it all the time in the neck so I can feel that my hips run even and all this. I was trying to do physical therapy alongside osteopath. All the things that helped overall kind of with the symptoms, but it doesn't actually fix the problem. So, uh, but again, I had to, uh, this is my third set of Invisalign trays. You know, I've done Invisalign trays three times, like because the bite shifted. So we had to record a new bite and then get order a new set of trays. So for each set, I almost finished it. I would finish about 70, 80% by the time that the bite would shift. Uh, but I am happy with what they have done with the molars. Now, I'm not happy with, they do feel weak, all the teeth. Like I said, this is the reason I wanted to perhaps get grafts or something like that. But uh, the, I, I do like uh, the fact that the molars were able to be brought back in. They look much healthier than, you know, after uh, all those other treatments that I had done. So to wrap it up, I mean, what I'm doing now is I, uh, I was, uh, my initial thought process was to finish the Invisalign because I knew for the fact, even then, my teeth are so ground down from all these years of treatment the cusps are so worn down honestly also from the mm -hmm. dental equilibration or whatever that's called that from years ago that i would need a reconstruction on lays or something to reconstruct the, the cusps to, to give it a good relationship but i sure. have been doing uh do-it-yourself splints trying to recreate the the vowels right like the position of your jaw where you do o a you know which reflects like where your mm -hmm. lower where your mandible moves around up down mm -hmm left, right, etc. So I've been trying to recreate that with, and I have some experience with doing your, doing do-it-yourself splints in the past. Of course, I could never get it right because my front teeth are always in the way. So now that I have reopened the spaces and, and I've been able to upright all the molars in the right direction, so it's not super difficult, I actually close up most of the open bite. I still have an open bite, but it went from something like almost like a centimeter or something crazy to uh, maybe like, you know, a couple of millimeters on one side, maybe a little bit more on the other. 
So it's a little bit easier to do uh, splints. So I, right now I'm actually uh, almost at the end of my invis line, but uh, I just make splints and polymorph as a layer in between. And I mean, my dog Dante is not too happy with it, but then he understands the severity of my case. So I mean, we're almost done with the invis line. So. Mm -hmm. So could we say that you're on your way to recovery? I think I'm on the path. I think I'm on the right path. The problem is I don't know if I'll reach the destination, right? Because I still don't have any answers because I, things that I had thought about against the, the grain, against what everybody else was telling me, for example, that reopening won't do anything. I've been told this by so many people that it's just a waste of time that if you, if you, if you just get surgery and do it, right? And I knew just reopening would allow the physical symptoms to get better, the neck and all that. I'm telling you today, um, even though I, like I said, I try to keep active, but I'm not going for marathons every day, right? I try to, um, I do some light yoga and I go for extremely long walks or maybe light jog, but nothing more severe than that. I'm not going to the gym and lifting huge weights or anything crazy, but I would say I have better posture and I feel more fit than I've ever done, right? And it's, I can attribute all of that just to reopen the upper spaces, allow that lower jaw to forward, come forward. That helped fix a lot of the, um, the forward head. Again, my neck is still not good. Like it's still the curve of the neck is still raw, which is what I'm working with with the splints. It's ex explicitly targeting that, and it's like a science actually, right? And we can discuss this in another one later about the art of the, si the splint making and all this. But uh, sure. But like the uh, but then I don't know. I have any answers for the apnea yet either, right? Now I do know there are certain things that probably would reduce the issue because for me I was able to go about almost six seven years in my after the extractions with like, I was a little bit tired here and there, but for the most part, it was nowhere as bad as it is now, right? The apnea was nowhere as bad as it, bad as it is now. And I'm using the CPAP machine. Technically I should be like perfect. If you see my CPAP readings, it shows that I'm like the king of the world. Like it's perfect sleep, but I'm obviously, I'm still exhausted when I wake up, when I wake up. And uh, so that ha part hasn't been really addressed. However, just addressing the open bite, which is again, something that a lot of people told me against. They said after AGA and this and stuff, why are you going back into orthodontics, right? Just stop that. Come mm. do splints. Fill up that open bite and you're going to feel better. But I knew that I had to get the teeth into a better, um, what do you call it? Put them, put, put the molars into a better, uh, like close up these open bite as much as possible. Address it as much as possible, then do splints. Because you don't want a splint that is like one centimeter high. You know, it's just too difficult to work with. And the splint, actually, any splint you wear puts a lot of pressure on the teeth. So if your molar is already pushing out, it's like sort of almost out mm -hmm. of the bone. You don't want to put mm -hmm. more bite pressure on it. You're going to just end up ruining the molar. You're going to put, you know, it's going to weaken the molar, honestly. Sure, sure. So, so far, those decisions have been right. But, uh, you know, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know what to, like, if where this path would end. Like, I ideally would want to reopen the bottom. With, you get grafts and reopen the bottom. Get grafts for both lower and top. Maybe reopen the bottom, put implants in, really. Close the case, put the teeth where they were supposed to be by nature. And then, um, I don't know, then maybe that will, uh, because I have a strong thing, because that if I reopen, the, my lower arch is so small. That if I reopen, I have a feeling that I my, my airway would get better. Like I would, there'd be more space for the tongue and my, my sleep and everything would get better. But again, this is just a theory. I wonder what your um, uh, joints feel like, your, TM, your the actual temporal mandibular joint. Yeah, Have I mean, you done x-rays on that? Or? Not recently at all. I mean, I still get no. clicking and popping from time to time. Sometimes I get a little pain, um, but then like I can sort of pop it back into place. 
Um, right. I actually have this little key thing, like a little, like it's like a, it's like a rod. It's like a soft rod. It's like a, something that children would chew on, you know? And this was given to me mm-hmm. by my uh, physical therapist, the TMD physical therapist, who told me that anytime you could feel it pop out and start hearing clicking, put it in your mouth, bite down and roll your mandible left and right. And then just kind of bite down. That helps put it back in place. And mm-hmm. so it actually seems to work for me. But again, it's not great. I don't think that the discs are in place or the joints are great. I mean, I have not done scans recently. Just because I've been dealing with so many things, and uh, sure. but uh, uh, I did, I did, I was told that there's beaking. I've had two scans of the joints, and uh, um, they both said that there is definitely some damage. Uh, it's called beaking on the mm-hmm. left side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, joints, as far as I know, are quite adaptive. But if you've, you know, if they're constantly in the wrong position, or they jammed or compressed, eventually. You know, damage will be caused, but they can heal. It, it it depends on many factors, of course, like your age, for instance, and the damage and the severity of it. But, um, I mean, it, we just have to wait and see, I guess, how it turns out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Uh, I think this is a good time to wrap this one up. Uh, next time we. We speak on another episode we can go through my story and i can share my journey and what i've been through uh, but it's been very insightful and helpful to hear your journey i'm sure i'm sure many people will find it useful so uh, yeah do you have anything else to say no i mean uh, yeah it's been it's been so long so you know i've kind of I don't, I mean, there's always new things coming out and, um, but I, I, right now I have a, a good understanding of most of the appliances, you know, the one that, like I said, the other is the one that's such a mystery that, um, I don't really know how it worked either because people say it's just, it, yes, it does, it does harm teeth. We have seen that in a lot of people, but, uh, the way it worked was very curious, very interesting that, but I'm saying that most appliances that are in the market are truth born, you know, very straightforward. They're, they're pushing on the teeth to move out, to create spaces. And, yeah, um, there is a common argument, isn't there? That is the are the tooth bone devices are they really expanding bone or are they expanding or just tipping the teeth? Yeah. I mean, you see these arguments, right? Um, yeah, all the time. On, on, online and uh, the actual specialists that use them, they also, you know, it, it depends. It depends who it is, but many of them tend to think that it's the the bone gets expanded yeah. when the teeth bone devices are used. So I just want to, like, one interesting thing, now that you say it, is that, like, the spot where the Aga pad used to press. Now, remember, as I said, my pad was really small, very targeted. And that spot, even today, is very sensitive, right? It's been, what, two, three years since I've taken out the Aga? Just mm-hmm. pressing on that spot, actually, it's like you can feel, like, the maxilla coming forward. Like, it's so weird. I mean, I'm not saying it actually means that it's going to come forward, like, permanently, but you can feel like it's almost, it's a very pleasant feeling almost. Like just pressing on that spot, it just kind of sends, like it connects all the way to the top of your skull. Now, they claim that there's a nerve there, nerve ending there through research. And that's what caused the, that's what causes the maxillary remodel. Um, but I mean, it's very interesting. I don't know, like what, like it's very pleasurable. And actually, if you just constantly s- stimulate that, even now, after all these years with just my tongue, I feel like um, I feel like it, you're getting this pressure forward, like on the bone to come forward. Um, but then again, I mean, like you know, we will never know, I guess, about the full understanding of this because the way it was, some people say that it was too fast, and that's the reason the teeth got ripped up. 
but uh, but then you also have to wonder like why how did it go this fast right because i've never seen even a tooth burn appliance the teeth don't move this fast you know this within like a week i can see gaps like how, how does it go so fast without mm. like, the patient feeling the pressure on the teeth very interesting so yeah that's amazing that's amazing right okay well let's wrap this one up now and uh until next time